0: This is the Techno Buffet Podcast, episode number six four eight, recorded Thursday, October twelfth, two thousand and twenty
1: three, in five, four, three, two, and one. <laughs>
0: i like that extra dumb it it adds to the gravitas of it
1: cool i like gravitas
0: so uh it's thursday yes Uh, I'm only saying that because of the people who might have been eagerly uh, looking forward to listening to this podcast during their Thursday morning commute and had to be disappointed. Since we've lately been recording on Wednesday, and it's not Wednesday. Mm -hmm. So I want to apologize to those people. It is all Jerry's fault.
1: Yes, it's my fault. I was traveling. I was literally on a plane when we were supposed to be recording.
0: And oops. Well, no, had you said something, I would have just said, let's do it on Thursday anyway, so. Yay! Uh, Fortunately, I had nothing planned for this evening other than random household things. Uh, I do have good news, uh, which I wouldn't have been able to give you yesterday because it only happened today.
1: Ooh, good news. I like good news.
0: Uh, Do you remember the continual saga of the common hallway lights and the fact that nobody could uh, fix them? Yes. So first it was the guy who worked for the contractor who uh, messed them up while trying to f- uh, replace a switch right, right, and then got the family handyman, couldn't figure it out. So the contractor sent over an electrician he works with and he fixed in like 10 minutes uh, as compared to the like eight hours of effort that two people had put in with me telling them, why don't we just find somebody who uh, feels more comfortable with this? So apparently all of my problems were the victim of uh, people's personal, professional pride. But it's fixed now. Wait. Yeah.
1: Congratulations. So,
0: yes, that is the only uh, happy news I have. Uh, so last week, as you know, I was on vacation. You know this because I told you. And uh, I was sort of trying to relax, but uh, it ended up being a very hard weekend. uh, Mostly because of the world news that occurred over the weekend. Right. And I have relatives in Israel, so I was a bit worried about them until I found out where they were. And now I'm still worried about them, but at least I know where they are.
1: Do you have any opinion on what's going on?
0: A lot, but that's... Uh, Do you want... The problem is, and I said this to somebody who asked me, uh, in order to give an an answer that uh, provides enough nuance to explain everything uh, would take a long time. So I'm going to try to – I'm going to explain that anything I say will not have that level of nuance just because we're not a – I don't know how many hours you want if I wanted to start to get into – the uh, history of the region dating back to 1948, because that would just take a while. But I'm going to go with the simple answer. It is extremely complicated. Uh-huh. And on the, uh, I'm going to go to the summation of sort of the simplicity of it, which is you have a group of people who, for legitimate reasons, are very unhappy. And that would be the Palestinians overall. And again, that's an understatement. And then you have another group of individuals who, effectively speaking, just got slaughtered in large numbers. So there is no good explanation for exactly what I think of that, other than, you know, to some degree, I'm biased against the group of people who were attacked, uh, me, against the people who were attacked. So. I tend to be biased towards the Israelis for somewhat practical reasons. I certainly have an emotional connection. But conversely to that, it's how did what happened on Saturday help anything? If the group in question, which is Hamas, which fortunately doesn't speak for every single Palestinian in the world, thought that this would actually make things better or do they think that it would actually bring down a massive tragedy on their own people? So the question is, how does that work? It's let's go and kill a bunch of people who are next door because of course that'll make things better for us. Anyway.
1: You are much more sympathetic with the Palestinians than I expected.
0: Why? I'm, the Palestinians and Hamas are two different things. Now, the fact is there's certainly a, a very distinct overlap there. But think about it from a practical point of view. So what happens? Hamas, who, uh, if you can find me somebody who doesn't think that Hamas is a group of crazy people, they go out and they go and attack Israelis, somewhat indiscriminately, And the Israeli government goes and responds by trying to get rid of them. And Hamas's strategy is to make sure that wherever they are, they're surrounded by a bunch of Palestinian civilians and those civilians get caught in the crossfire. That's not a, an accident. That's their plan. Yep. So Hamas is essentially using people, again, that they supposedly care about as human shields. And because they want the international community to say, oh, the Israelis went and killed civilians. No, the, they put the civilians right next to them for a reason. They knew that was going to happen. So if you're willing to go and kill your own people, again, for what reason? Then, you know, what's the result? Then the Palestinian civilians get very angry. Some of them go and get crazy, join Hamas. There's their recruitment. But again, that's still equally horrible. And if the solution at the end of the day is okay, the let the Israelis completely withdraw from Gaza. Again, that's ultimately what happened. The problem is, if you have Gaza as a separate country, then what does that mean? It means passport control, armies at the border is what was happening. Passport control, army at the border. The only difference in theory would be that the, um, the Israelis wouldn't block them from coming in and out by sea or by air. The problem with that is if Hamas is in charge, what they would do is they would use that to bring in more weapons and shoot at Israel, which again would repeat the whole thing all over again. So what's, there's no solution that I can see that's easy to actually figure out. But again, if there was any opportunity to make things better, uh, it certainly is not going to happen anytime soon as a result of what happened over the weekend. But, Does
1: not um, Egypt also share a border with Gaza?
0: And they don't let people from Gaza easily in in or out also, or goods. Why? Because Hamas, again, dug a bunch of tunnels and is essentially smuggling things in over that border. So the Egyptians closed so, it down.
1: To be clear, it's not only Israel that is...
0: Yeah, I'm agreeing with blockading you. Blockading? Yes, and Egypt uh, is doing Gaza. it for a whole bunch of other reasons. And remember, I was supposed to visit Egypt for work this summer and ended up not going. Which, considering that an Egyptian policeman killed two Israeli tourists in Alexandria on Sunday. As in just randomly shot them. Probably better off that I stayed here.
1: That seems like an odd thing to do.
0: The world is crazy. Even, you know, look at, look at the U.S., how often do you turn on the news and see some tragedy and say, why did this person do this other than they're crazy? Now, me being somebody who tries to see both sides, I have a very hard time seeing the, the side of somebody who decides that their best option is to go and kill a bunch of people at a music festival. Or their best option is to drag women, children, and the elderly to use the sausages. I can't see a world in which somebody thinks that's the only option. But again, I hope I never get to the mindset where I think that that's the best option. And I seriously doubt I will, but it's a hard thing. And if anybody, you know, sort of the counterpoint to that is right now, there's very little sympathy for the Palestinians in general, just because this thing was horrible, but there, I think, that that is a missing something, which is that they're caught in this whole cycle like everybody else. But how do you get them out of it? I don't have a good answer to that, and I don't think anybody does. And True if enough. The, you know, if the answer is unilateral withdrawal of the Israelis, I don't know how that works.
1: From Israel?
0: Well, it depends on it depends on who you're talking to. For example, if you listen to arabic television that's the that's the line it's israel should be gone that's the that's not everybody's line but that's the line for a lot of people now you have another group who would say that they want an independent state they neglect to mention that the slogan is from the river to the sea what's in between the river and the sea pretty much the entirety of the state of israel so where would everything fit Now, if you go back to the, you know, the various peace agreements over the years, uh, neither group was particularly happy. And to be fair, the Palestinians least of all because of the amount of land. But if you go to the long-term two-state solution, it's still, you're going to have two people who are both very angry at each other right next to each other. So we're still back to how does that work without another conflict. So, not saying that I'm not in favor of a solution to this, I'm saying nobody's come up with one that works, that everybody can agree on. And every time somebody gets close, what happens? A group of terrorists kill a bunch of people, and suddenly we're back to square one. And that's an overly simplified way of of explaining it, because if I really started to get into how complicated it is beyond that, we'd be here for another three hours. So... Well, so oh, I, I think it's interesting.
1: I appreciate your point of view.
0: Yeah, and as I said, I don't have anything particularly insightful about it, other than, as I said, I anybody who says that there's a simple solution is wrong. But ultimately, if you look at the news, the solution will be, be it the better solution or the worst solution, probably or no matter what, a very bad one. The Israeli army is calling up 300,000 reservists. They're going to cross the border into Gaza. They're going to do whatever it is they feel is necessary to restore security, which probably means getting rid of Hamas permanently. But the question is, who will replace them?
1: Well, I don't know. Hamas, to my understanding, is essentially a religious organization,
0: and it's a political slash. It is a group of fundamentalists, but it's not a religious organization.
1: Kill them all.
0: Uh, well, you can definitely topple them from power in Gaza, where they're essentially dictators.
1: Yeah, but...
0: But who are you going to bring I back, Stop that to
1: live on, and the harder you stomp on them, the...
0: We're back to me agreeing with you, which is there's no good solution. I'm saying that's what's likely going to happen.
1: Yeah. The
0: IDF is going to come in. They're going to eliminate as much of Hamas as they can. Let's hope after that their solution is to actually try to get a stable government there to help people. But who are you going to bring in, Fatah? Remember, the Palestinians haven't had an election either from uh, a Palestinian Authority election, an election in Gaza, or even Fatah, which pretty much runs the West Bank. They haven't had an election in nearly 20 years. So who is going to fill the power vacuum. And again, let's say that you found somebody after the last week and what's going to happen, who are you going to find who's moderate enough to actually do something other than just start this all over again. That's why I'm saying there's no good solution. And I'm hoping I'm wrong about that. Because ultimately, and that's the problem. And that's me saying it as, again, I don't have very much sympathy for anybody who's allied with Hamas. But understanding the broader context, it's, they're essentially caught in a loop and there's no way to get out of it. So here's hoping, again, something happens that none of us expect, which is there's a light somewhere at the end of the tunnel. And that light may be that somebody comes forward who actually can solve this problem. But clearly, it's neither of us. But Mm enough. Yeah. Well. In the meantime, on a personal level, since, as I said, I have family in Israel, I hope that they remain safe because that's what I'm personally worried about. As opposed to me being worried more on a emotional level for people who I don't have an association with. Anyway. That, as I said, has put something of a damper on my weekend. And the uh, compliment, there are not many people who are Jewish at my place of business, but recently the compliment doubled. So there are now two of us. So at least. Right. I, so the two of us are both equally stressed about this. But at least it gives me somebody to talk to. That's cool. Yeah, well, That's sort of the thing. Sometimes all you need to do is sort of talk about it. But if I keep talking about it and not um, focusing on other things, I'm going to depress myself more.
1: So, on to the news?
0: Yeah. Because I found a lot of it this week. You know, Remember, I was yeah. off last week, and I'm usually up to date on my reading. But because of, I think, the Android 14 stuff and a few other things, it just there were a lot of interesting things going on. For example, uh, thanks to a court ruling, uh, you can now add your Google speaker to multiple groups again which is good because that is one of the reasons I had Google speakers. Yay. No, this one is a legitimate yay for me. So what I had was I had a speaker group that covered my um, all of the uh, smart displays that I use for photo frames in my apartment. So there's one in the bedroom. There's one in the living room. There's one in the kitchen. And there's one in the bathroom. Now, most of these have the microphones muted because I don't really need to use them as smart devices. But again, I like the screen and I like the ability to put to take music or sound out of them, but I use them in a speaker group. Uh, but sometimes you don't want to broadcast throughout your entire apartment. You just want a subset of it. So I had mul- things in multiple groups. But then lawsuit... And, of course, Sonos made it so that I couldn't enjoy that feature. Mm. And apparently a federal judge uh, invalidated two patents belonging to uh, Sonos and actually was fairly critical of them. If you look at the commentary.
1: Yeah.
0: uh, This was not a case of an inventor leading the industry to something new. This was a case of the industry leading with something new and only then an inventor coming out of the woodwork to say he had come up with the idea first, ringing fresh claims to read on a competitor's product from an ancient application. In 2014, five years before Sonos filed the applications percent presented the claims, Inclusion Fringer, Google LLC, shared with Sonos a plan for a product that would practice what would become the claimed invention. Google then began introducing its own products that practiced the invention in 2015. Even so, Sonos waited until 2019 to pursue claims on the invention, and until 2020 to roll out the invention in its own product line. The court continued, It is wrong that our patent system was used this way. The system is intended to promote and protect innovation. Here, by contrast, it was used to punish an innovator and enrich a pretender by delay and sleight of hand. It has taken a full trial to learn this sad fact, but at last, a measure of justice is done. That's uh, poetic. Well, uh, the editing of that was Google's editing, so I'm sure there's somebody who might uh, approach it a bit differently. But ultimately, I sort of have to agree that uh, patent reform is not necessarily a bad thing. People who develop things should be rewarded for them. And that was the whole idea of the patent system. Yep. But when your solution is to say, well, I had an idea a few years ago. I didn't do anything with it. Uh, I you know, just sort of talked about it a bit. Uh, but I should, because I had that idea, even though I didn't talk to the people who, who independently actually did something with it later. And even though I never did anything with it, I should be rewarded because I wrote it down. If that's the case, then I have a bunch of people to sue. For example, somebody infringed on my idea for a story and wrote it into a book. And I was—they um, changed some of the details, but I think I—I I think I need to sue one Andrew Clemens who wrote the book Frindle.
1: I don't think that's
0: patentable. Yes, but he stole my idea, I'm very...
1: But it's not patentable.
0: I know, but I haven't come up with any with any really patentable ideas.
1: You but know, I... I got a patent awarded to me like uh, two months ago.
0: What did you get? A... Are you allowed to tell me, or you want to keep that to yourself so that nobody comes after you for your? patent riches
1: it's for an efficient method of storing streaming data i mean it's not
0: exciting like the framed patent on the wall
1: no not yet i don't i don't
0: know it's no i I, um there was a friend of of mine whose stepfather had done a bunch of patents and i happened to uh, pick him up once at uh, his stepfather's house and i went inside and he had all the patents lined up on the wall you know, framed?
1: Yep. Well, I've only got one, so not a whole lot to show off.
0: It's only the start. You have to start working on patent idea number two. Maybe. And I have to be careful because if Andrew Clements is a listener of this podcast, I might get an angry letter. <laughs> anyway. Moving along, uh, apparently Google will be making passkeys the default for personal accounts, so I'm still having a little trouble with passkeys.
1: I still, I'm not sure how I feel about this.
0: No, I understand the basic principle, but there are some things where for me to understand why I want it uh, and what I would want to do with it, I need to sort of dig in. And the same thing happened when I was trying to understand OAuth. Yeah. I read, you know, the explanation of OAuth several times before I felt like I sort of not that I didn't get it in sort of at the high level, but where I sort of got uh, a little more about how it worked. Yeah, and now I can you know randomly talk about what uh, Pixie and all these other uh, proposed extensions to OAuth just because you know you start reading one thing and then you read the next thing. But anyway, um, that aside, I haven't quite gotten to WebAuthN as me qu- um, sort of internalizing it, but essentially we'll see. But if this is where everybody's going, this is where everybody's going.
1: Yep. I, I I guess I just need to figure out how to use it.
0: Well, I think the same thing for me. As I said, um, understanding something on a very basic level and trying to understand how it fits into your conception of security is may take some time.
1: I think I need a passkey manager that I trust.
0: Well, I told you. I told you that I've uh, moved on to Bitwarden, which you can self-host and you can have them host for you. Uh, But I don't think they've quite gotten to passkeys. I believe they've announced they will. Not there yet. Anyway, uh, I thought you'd enjoy this next story from a few days ago. How a 23-year-old... First time Firefox coder fixed a 22-year-old bug.
1: And such a subtle bug it is.
0: Yeah, but certainly people are uh, aware of it. I've been aware of this one. So essentially the the issue was persistent tooltips. So if you mouse over a toolbar link and wait for a second, a little yellow box with the description, And then apparently the box uh, stays there and doesn't go away. Yep. So uh, apparently that was an, an annoyance. And again, people filed duplicate bugs or checked in on it and commented. And ultimately speaking, apparently a new coder who is essentially in age, not that different than the bug itself, And had never written a patch for Firefox. Prior, apparently, fixed it. So it's uh, they essentially got annoyed, researched, and sought to submit a bug. But to their horror, realized the bug had been open for more than 20 years and still hadn't been fixed. And since it was a minor issue, not causing crashes apparently this individual decided that unlo- it, there was a good chance. Nobody would fix it unless they did it themselves.
1: That's the truth of the world. Yep.
0: So apparently they just, uh, summer project. Nice.
1: Good job, man.
0: Again, I thought you would appreciate that. Yep. I appreciate when I read it. So, uh, I also linked in the passkey explanation from Google itself, not just the coverage of it, where they explain again why they're switching to passcode, and they refer to it as the passwordless road ahead. We'll continue encouraging the industry to make the pivot to passkeys, making passwords a rarity and eventually obsolete.
1: Yeah, I don't know.
0: We'll see. uh they are not the first people to say we're going to do something and ma- and it's going to replace the thing this thing and not to succeed true enough okay back to cord cutting another one of the topics I've been sort of mentioning uh, the FCC has said that Comcast spectrum T must start displaying the true cost and speed of their internet service starting in April so providers with 100,000 or fewer, Subscribers can wait until October, and anybody with more than that, April. So they've come up with a nutrition-style label, as in it. Uh, it's the same basic uh, design as, let's say, the label you have on the side of a box. So if you look at the article that I linked to, it has sort of a sample label, which would include uh, whether or not this is a, a fixed or a mobile broadband disclosure the name of the service plan or the speed tier, the provider name, uh, the monthly price, uh, noting whether or not it's an introductory rate or a uh, permanent rate, uh, whether or not it requires a contract, uh, what the monthly fees are for the provider, the one-time fees at the time of purchase, the early termination fee, if applicable, government taxes, discounts and bundles, whether or not it's a uh, They participate in the Affordable Connectivity Program. The speeds provided with the plan, upload, download, and typical latency. The
1: amount. No, that's not what it says. It says typical up, uh, download speed and typical, uh, download typical speeds. Yeah. Not what's you know your plan says, which I think is a major.
0: Thing. Yeah, it's typical. And I'll agree with you because you remember me talking about how I had uh, engaged the services of Spectrum last week uh, because the signal at the modem upstate was too high. Right. And the speed was not what it was supposed to be. But again, even with that, I'm not getting anywhere near the advertised speed. So I have uh, now, uh, what do you use for speed testing of late? Um, Like speedtest.net, one of those.
1: Uh fast.com, if I if I okay. just need it.
0: But that only does download. It doesn't do upload.
1: No, it does upload.
0: Oh, it's doing upload yeah, it's now? Like the
1: details or advanced view or something, but it does upload.
0: Okay, by default, I don't think it does, though. But if no. there's an assignment to turn it on. But I'm advertised at a gigabit, and I get um, anywhere between 400 and 800 megabits.
1: And so you, would you rather that your nutrition label says a gigabit or 400 megabits?
0: No, what I'm saying is that... Uh, I would rather have the typical speed, which is this is what we usually get. I'm willing to accept that I'm never going to get all the way up to maximum, but let them tell me what they think I should be getting realistically. It Also is going to link, uh, if the plan d- is, does not include unlimited data, then it has to talk about how much data is included and how much it charges for extra data. Also their network management and their privacy policies.
1: Cool.
0: So again, uh, the only thing that I'll remind you is that the cable and telecom companies said that it would be too complicated because taxes vary by location. That it would be too complicated to come up with a customized label for everything. Uh, to which I would point out that's what computers are for. They can automatically generate the label. It's not like they have to print it and send it out to people.
1: Well, I mean, they can calculate it for the bill.
0: Yes. But again, I should thing I'm going to just give you an example. Let's say that I went to uh, the Fios website. Remember, at the moment, I'm on Fios. Oops. (laughs) Wrong, Wrong Fios. Sorry. Made a typo. So here I am. And if I want to go on here and look for pricing on the main Verizon page for Fios, it's you'll only pay for what you want. It says get Fios. And then um, in order for me to get any further information, I have to check availability. The problem with it is that if I give it my actual address, it's going to say, well, you already have service there. So I'm going to do this right now. I just want to see, can I actually get an idea of a price within one or two clicks? Oh, here we are. Um, Oh, I love this. Uh, Verizon home internet services are not currently available at your address. By the way, uh, what am I on right now? Yeah. Okay. So I can't even get them to give me a price um, because they're telling me that something nothing is available at my address where I am currently on Fios. Now, they do have a frequently asked question section on the page where it says, how much does Verizon Fios TV cost? Fios TV pricing varies depending on what packages and services you use. So I'm looking to see here. Uh, well, now I have I just found a page where it says pick my perfect plan, but that's only if I'm, uh, let's see, shop plans. Can I shop plans without actually, okay, here we are. Uh, plan started $25 a month. So here we are. According to this, it says uh, one gigabyte, uh, $64.99 a month with auto pay and select 5G mobile plans. So I'm just looking here. Uh, but that appears to be Fios home internet uh, over 5g uh, because now they're getting confusing it says select 5g mobile plants but uh, then there's a setup fee there's they're saying up to that gigabit is actually up to 940 by 880 average speed so they're actually starting to do some of the 750 to 940 or 750 to 880 upload router rental included don't need that your choice of a, oh, I can get a HomePod or a two hundred dollar gift card, and apparently Disney Plus Premium. But what it doesn't say, I'm looking to see where it, uh, where it says how long that lasts. Or can I pay sixty four ninety nine for that forever? Oh well, time to call FiOS, I guess. I can't figure out on their website how much I would pay. Anyway, uh, moving along. uh, Let's see. We covered the uh, Sonos win against Google. Uh, Here we are. How Plus Codes helped create new home addresses in India. So there's not much to say about it, but I just sort of find this interesting. Because I've mentioned Plus Codes before, but uh, this is essentially a, a company... Uh, started using Google plus codes to generate uh, addresses for uh, plus codes to, uh, I believe they described it as uh, slums. Yes. Bhagat Yashri is one plus code recipient who lives in a slum. Does slum mean something a little uh, different in India than it does in the U.S.?
1: I think it's probably just more common.
0: Okay. No, I'm just saying it. I understand that there are neighborhoods you would call a slum, but uh, you don't usually see it in an article. That's why I was asking. It's more the connotation than anything else. Uh, But she owns an electrical store and would always need to order her supplies to be delivered to the nearest landmark to her home because she didn't have an address to use. With her own new address, she can have all of her goods sent straight to her own place, saving her extra time and effort. So Google has come up with a system that, again, is helping people. Unfortunately, it's helping people get packages delivered, which I sympathize with. I can't get packages delivered. Reliably, at least.
1: Cool. I mean, not cool for you, but cool for.
0: Yeah, no, for for that. But what I'm saying is uh, it's more this is helping people in sort of a we can sell them things way. Hopefully it also helps them in more um, other ways, like uh, ambulances can find their house in an emergency and such. Anyway, uh, moving along, if you are a user of Wear OS, which I've abandoned, I'm because Mobvoy promised me Wear OS 3, they haven't delivered, and now there's Wear OS 4. So I don't trust them. At least with Pine Time, I know what I'm getting, which is whatever a bunch of volunteers give me. Not as impressive, but works. Uh, Google has released a Gmail app for Wear OS. Because what I really want to do is read emails on my watch.
1: Yeah, I don't. Okay.
0: Well, I want notifications if there's something important, but I can do that by having the notification sent from the phone.
1: Yeah, but you're not going to read the email on your watch.
0: No, I have enough time. I have problems reading notifications on my watch, and that's what I want to read on the watch. Although I really need to tune them. Also, if you're a Wear OS, here's an app that I actually would use on Wear OS if I was a user of. The, of that sort of thing. Uh, Audible is now available on Wear OS, so you can actually listen to your book on there. Yay! As I just love this. Audible brings your audiobook library to your wrist. Now, that sounds a little weird holding up your wrist to your ear, but remember, uh, even without a phone, you can actually pair a Wear OS device to Bluetooth, and it definitely has enough power to play. So I could see this one. Let's say I wanted to go for a walk and I didn't want to bring my phone, which is atypical, but theoretically possible. I could download to my watch and have that send it to my earbuds. That reminds me I need more earbuds. I keep losing those things. (laughs) Apparently uh, the Android 14 statue is out. And remember, it makes a nod to the dessert code name of Upside Down Cake. Huh. Yes. So if you look at the picture, it is an Android uh, mascot upside down with a 14 on his chest on top of what looks like a little cake platform. Interesting. Why not? Yeah. I agree. Uh, If you want to read through it, uh, I linked to a story from 9to5Google about the Google Home app AMA. So essentially, uh, the Google Home product team hosted a Reddit Ask Me Anything and wants to know about features they'd like to see next. So I thought it would be interesting. I did not suggest anything, but if you are a user of the Google Home app, you might want to go in there and see what were people saying.
1: And? Cool.
0: If you're a user of Android Auto, apparently a recent bug has removed the navigation bar. Uh, which apparently uh, is something that people need for some odd reason. Hopefully I, I did not experience this one, but I would be really annoyed uh, if yeah. I couldn't find the thing to switch between applications.
1: That would be crazy.
0: Well, you know how it is with bugs. You know, you work a lot on a piece of software and suddenly there's a bug and you don't know why. Yep. Now you expect more of a corporation that has testers and more resources than, let's say, me doing it by myself. But still, even with groups of people, there's still possibility. Uh, if you're a Pixel owner, which I am, apparently Pixel updates will now come out when they are ready instead of on specific <laughs> dates.
1: That's
0: funny. So this is starting with the Pixel 8, which they announced last week. Uh, the updates will just come, and it will not be on a predictable date. So traditionally, Google has launched the new updates for Pixels. Uh, monthly were supposed to, security updates were supposed to arrive on the first Monday of every month. Quarterly future drops again March, June, August, and December. What they're saying now is there's no formal schedule. When they're ready with the thing, they're going to deploy it. That's uh,
1: good. Funny, but good.
0: Yeah, the only thing is, uh, since it was in a post about the Pixel 8 series, uh, nobody's quite sure if they're talking about they're going to do that for every Pixel that's still supported or if they're just going to do it for the 8. I doubt they're just going to do it for the 8, though, because why would you? Right. Okay. Android 14 is adding a sideways swipe to switch between a personal and a work profile and apps. So I've never used a work profile. That would suggest that I uh, was supposed to be using my phone for work-related purposes. Yeah. I just do that thing that I uh, most of the people I work with agree I shouldn't do. What's that? Have my work email on my phone and read it when I'm not working. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, Just to give you an example, I was off last week and I um, answered an email and somebody asked me, why are you answering email? Aren't you supposed to be on vacation? And I pointed out to them that if I came back to a week and a half worth of email, that would be a lot more stressful than occasionally chiming in. But anyway, so I just never got. I'd like to talk to somebody who uses the work profile feature. And just why they made that decision. I understand that sometimes you want to really isolate things. But my stuff is so naturally isolated that I haven't had the need for one. Moving along, uh, back to the Pixel. Apparently, as part of the Pixel feature drop for October, they've added in a few things with a new camera interface. uh, Lock screen personalization. Uh, neutralize, uh, neutral themes, so monochromatic themes to essentially uh, make things less colorful. Uh, improvements for translation on the pixel fold. Uh, raw image viewing, so that would be raw photo files. Uh, notifications about whether or not uh, your power adapter or USB cable is charging your device slowly or not at all. Improvements to battery saver. Uh, app streaming which is where you can essentially start an app on your pixel device and then switch seamlessly to using it on your chromebook which is cool oh i think so i still have not gotten uh any any updates this month oh here's a really fun story thousands of android devices come with unkillable backdoors pre-installed
1: Although, to be clear, they're not talking about, like, the Pixel devices.
0: Yeah. So, this is uh, cheap Android streaming devices. So, this includes uh, the T95. Now, um, I had bought, not the 95, but I had bought an earlier variant of that a few years ago. And when I started hearing about these backdoors, I threw the thing in the garbage and just bought that thing from Walmart. Right. No one suggested that the Walmart one or the Google one have a, ba- a back door, so... But I'm not sure if you remember this. I bought three inexpensive uh, no-name brand Android devices that I was using to – I loaded the Zoom app on there, put in a camera, and was using it as like a mobile participation box. Except for the fact that for some odd reason, all of those boxes uh, always had uh, low resolution on the video. Right. And if I start going to those events again where I bring along a box in order to let people remote in, I may start experimenting with that again. But I want to know why Android, when you have an Android device with a USB option, why the camera resolution on a camera that's supposed to be, you know, what is it? USB UVC is the standard for USB video cameras, which is fairly universal. In fact, that's what the U stands for. Why is that they're not taking the full resolution. It should be possible without an issue.
1: It should be. Yeah,
0: we'll see. Anyway. uh, So if you have one of these cheap boxes, uh, you might want to find something else. Yep. Yep. And moving back over to the people at cord cutter news, since I've added them to, (coughs) <coughs> excuse me apparently over 30 cable tv channels could be shut down soon
1: including CFI.
0: they don't pronounce it that way but uh, i have as much love for it as you do by that
1: i used to yeah. love sci- the sci-fi channel
0: that's what i was just about to say i used to love the before um when they used to have some good original programming but i can't remember can you think of a program that's been on there recently that that you'd want to watch
1: the most recent show that they had on there that I loved was Sanctuary or Warehouse Thirteen. Wasn't it like
0: fifteen years ago. Yeah. Okay. By the way, the solution to that it's called a box set. I just bought one for Prime Deal Days.
1: There have been many programs that I've loved over the years on Sci-Fi, but there's none of them now.
0: Yeah, well, that's a thing. And to be fair, maybe some of these networks don't need to exist. Yep. Uh, for example, what do we have here? Um, so these are the ones that uh, apparently the, uh, um, Scott Robson, who uh, is a market intelligence analyst, suggested BBC America, IFC, Sundance TV, CNBC World, E, Sci Fi, Universal Kids, Fox Sports 2 uh bet gospel B E T her B E T hip-hop B E T james B E T soul cmt music logo mtv classic how many mtvs are there now mtv live mtv 2 mtv you do any of them have music on them
1: i don't think nick so. Nick
0: jr nick music nick tunes pop smithsonian teen nick uh, tr3s uh disney jr disney xd freeform fxm fxx Geo mundo Nat Geo Wild, American Heroes Channel, Boomerang, Cooking Channel, Destination America, Science, TCM, and True TV. The only one on there that I think should continue to exist is TCM. I don't know what that is. Turner Classic Movies. Ah. Uh, no, the thing is... Turner well, That's got to be a cheap
1: one to keep on the air.
0: Well, the thing is, if you look at TCM, it's a it does provide something. It's essentially a highly curated classic movie channel. Now, could you do that in a different form? Yes. However, when you get to the other things, you can move a lot of the programming from those others, which seem you know somewhat generic, to other channels. But there's something special about TCM, and a Isn't... lot of a lot of people feel so. And I think uh, several uh, you know, movie makers have uh, put in their support for C- TCM. But that's a whole other conversation. But either way, it's. There are too many channels and not enough actual good content. But the question is what is what are channels for anymore? Should everything be on demand or is there a benefit to curated scheduling?
1: You know, there's the the nice thing about the TCM would be discovery.
0: Well, that's the or same. That's you just what turn I'm it talking about.
1: Know. To to see what's on and you know, you see something that you never would have thought of.
0: Well, it's not just that. If you look at TCM, and the reason why I'm saying that TCM is one of those things that is worth saving is what they've done over the years. So essentially, they've one of the things that they did for a long time was they would have you know someone come on and uh, guest program a couple of hours, and you know record like inter was interstitials is the word I'm looking for. So essentially, let's say uh, that you are a famous person. They might say, "Okay, um, from we're going to do a programming block where um, this famous person has picked some of their favorite movies, and then uh, during the breaks, w- um, we're going to have them talk a little about why they chose this." So that's sort of an interesting thing where you know you, it's it creates more of a conversation and back to your discovery thing isn't that the same reason we still have radio stations when you could pretty much not need them? Yep. We have them because of discovery, because somebody making decisions about what's on there actually means that you're not just caught in a loop with the five things you already know, which is good. But anyway, uh, still too many channels. And a lot of them have gotten away from their original uh, programming mission.
1: Sure. For example,
0: what do you what do you learn on the learning channel? Just using know. that as, an, as a classic example. But could you know could there still be specialty channels? Yes. I'm just saying there seem to be a lot of them. And I still can't find anything on. Although right now it's harder because there's not as much new content this season. If you're a Roku user, which Jerry, I believe you still are. No. You dropped every Roku? I thought you only dropped some of them.
1: I got rid of consistency and interface. So I replaced everything with Fire TVs.
0: Okay. I thought you only replaced some of them. Okay. Um, I have Roku's um, not here, but um, for uh, Spectrum. They have a Roku app, but they do not have uh, a Fire or an Android TV app. So I have Roku's there, so I don't have to have cable boxes. But that's just there. Here I don't even have anything to stream off of Fios because I have a my old cable card, which I'm sure they'll make me give back one of these days. Or actually, they'll probably say keep it. We don't need it anymore. We'll just stop letting it work. Uh, but Roku 12.5 is rolling out. So this is, again, the ability to follow a your favorite team and have Roku let you know how to watch the game and the expanded channel lineup. And of course the only Roku feature in a while that I really wish it had when I was using Roku more, which is uh, you can link the image screensaver to your Google photos account. That's nice. Yeah. You can turn your television into a giant Google photos. Wait a minute. I have a Google TV device attached to it. I'm doing that right now. (laughs) Ooh, it's a picture of the Disneyland railroad. Yay! Anyway, jokes aside, uh, if you are a user of X, I still hate yep. calling it that. I think Me it's too. stupid, but anyway, uh, the artist formerly known as Twitter apparently it no longer shows headlines from articles. So if you post an article to the platform, it will not give you the headline.
1: What does it show?
0: Uh, apparently, from what I can see, uh, just the featured image.
1: Interesting. Yeah. I don't know what to do with that.
0: My solution is that the only time that I look at something on uh, Twitter.com is if somebody sends me something. I do not go there. If you're looking to save money, Google has confirmed it will not make a low-cost Pixel phone. Again, uh, the A-series does not count. But they're referring to a a really low-cost one like they used to when they had some of the really low-cost Nexus phones. So they're saying that having a phone, a Pixel phone, in the $200 range would require too many compromises. So they're not going to do it. Hmm. I can understand their decision.
1: I wish kind of wish they make another flagship phone though.
0: Yeah, well, I don't know. I have um what do you think of the Pixel 8? And feel free to feel free to make fun of the one feature that I think is worthy of making fun of.
1: I don't have an opinion.
0: Okay. Well, what feature do you think I was talking about? I don't know. The temperature sensor.
1: Okay, you'll have to explain that.
0: Let me see if I can find a, a good description of this. Uh, it can double, uh, the Pixel 8 Pro can double as a contactless thermometer. So it can tell you how hot your coffee is or how hot you are. But you can't use it to met- measure body temperature until it, uh, Google gets approval from the FDA. So why do I need a sensor that allows me to, with an app, see how hot my cup of coffee is before taking a sip?
1: Sounds useful.
0: I don't know. It just seems like uh, it's not a useful feature to include in a phone. I'm not saying it's not useful in other contexts. But it seems like that doesn't – it is not an important feature, in my opinion. Anyway.
1: Well, it's basically just adding a laser, right?
0: Well, they could have put something else in there that I might have used more. Or knocked a few dollars off the price. It just seems like it's stretching. Okay. Moving along, let's see what else we have here. Oh, yes. Uh, Google will be introducing a straightforward unsubscribe option to block bulk senders. So this is for Gmail. So they'll add a single-button opt-out option so they can unsubscribe from unwanted messages. By the way, I've been dealing with this recently. Uh, I mentioned to you that I was working on uh, a bulk email list through Amazon uh, Simple Email Service to help somebody out. And I've been continually annoyed by the response from uh, various individuals Uh, in terms of maintenance, I can see why people pay uh, services to handle their mailing list distribution as opposed to trying to host it themselves and using an email service to do the bulk mailing. Right. Uh, because no matter what I do, people are complaining. And part of it is that I have an email sign-up form where you can sign up for this, which is a uh, it's a double opt in. So you get an email, you click the, uh, the link in the email, you go to a site to confirm your subscription and I have people using it to spam people with, do you want to subscribe to this emails for some reason? I don't know what they get out of this, but well, no, I've, you know, I've put, you know, I tried recapture and all those things, you know, to all the things you're supposed to do to prevent bots from filling out your forms, uh, but they still keep going. So it's a learning experience, but uh, I can see why uh, Gmail is saying, that they want to make it really easy for somebody to say they don't want to be on a list. Uh, They also apparently are doing other things like giving legitimate email senders verification marks and a few other things because email is clearly a problem. Have you ever looked in your spam folder? Yes. What did you see? Spam. No, I'm saying what sort of things are people asking? I have... Your account is on hold. We are having tr- some trouble with your billing information. Would you like to click our spammy link so that we can steal all your information?
1: Uh, Okay, no, I did not look that closely.
0: No, I'm just sort of skimming the, I have the subject and like, the, uh, I have the Gmail interface, so I have the subject and then like the first few words of the body. Right. Spotify Premium, we are unable to bill you. We notice billing charge problem regarding your account. We are having trouble with your current billing information. Do you know why they're having trouble with my current billing information?
1: they don't have it?
0: Because I'm not a Spotify customer? Now, mm-hmm. some of these are actually legitimate emails that I don't want to actually see, so I haven't bothered to say that they're not spam. Uh, like, what do I have here? Um, uh, Bernard Chow for city council. He's apparently running for city council. I don't know how he found me, but (laughs) he's apparently spam, but he actually is a legitimate sender. He's just not somebody I'm interested in reading about. And a few other things there. Um, Ravpower, the people who used to sell chargers on Amazon before Amazon kicked them off. Their stuff is going into spam too. Also, apparently I can see Kelly and Mark. Never even watched that show. I don't know why they think I'd want to see them in person. But anyway, that said, um, email is something that I think uh, I would like to see get better in terms of all of that stuff. But uh, I appreciate Google trying. And I also included some Android 14 reviews because I haven't seen it yet.
1: What a stunning. Um... I mean, could you ask for a better review than predictable progress?
0: That's what I want. I don't want, what, what is showstopping nowadays? They've gotten to maturity, and maturity means that you're iterative instead of revolutionary. So we have lock and home screen customization, which, by the way, how many times have we seen that over the years? I can honestly say lock and home screen customization is not something that I'm, uh, that i want them to keep iterating on it's fine i can change the colors yay but uh, we'll see what they end up doing with it Uh, again a lot of visual little changes a lot of uh, you know icon things but we're still back to what is it that's actually new that i might use and we have predictive back gestures which is going to confuse me. (laughs) So the idea is that it provides you with an idea of where that swipe back will take you. Right. Uh, So what you're telling me is you're going to make it less obvious uh, where I'm going and how I'm going there. But anyway, but it has not worked uh, quite as well. Again, I haven't, I've only seen the pictures because again, not only do you need 14, but your developer has to enable support for it. It'll get there. Uh, there's a new share sheet. So you know how many times over the years, uh, they've tried to fix that thing. Yes. So they've attempted to fix some of the remaining problems. So the share sheet is now decoupled from system updates. So it can now be updated as a component. So it's now an app essentially. Good. And again, uh, apps can add custom in-app share actions right to that screen. So they no longer have their own custom share sheet. And again, we're back to the biggest problem I have with that is now every app can add like 50 things there and I can't manage it. What they really need is the ability for me to say, I don't want any of these things. Stop show- stop suggesting them. Uh, health connect is now a pre-installed app for all Android 14 devices. So this is where, um, fitness apps can sync their data to each other. So, uh, they can share, uh, the difference is that it runs locally on your phone and doesn't send your data through any servers. So again, in theory it's secure, but once it goes to the different apps, those apps can go send it somewhere else. Again, theoretically. Uh, some attempts to do less battery drain based on uh, streamlining background operations. Some new shortcuts and, again, some minor little things. Improved pin entry options. Uh, it will no longer display which numbers you're actually entering in the pin entry field, but instead you'll get random shapes.
1: Interesting.
0: You can also enable uh, enhanced privacy, which disables all unnecessary animations so that the buttons you're tapping will not light up. Okay. Better protection from accessibility services abusing malware. So that's the thing that uses accessibility in um, in order to do other things, except there are actually legitimate apps that do that, but there are also illegitimate apps that do that. So I have a few articles here about different people talking about 14, including uh, Google's own blog entries on it. Let me have a look. And Droid Life had one interesting editorial, which is the response to Google's seven-year update promise for Pixel is getting weird. So the event last week, uh, they confirmed that the Pixel 8 and Pixel 8 Pro would receive seven years of software support. So that is uh, the longest that uh, any company is really committed to. Cool. Yeah. So this particular editorial, I'm just going to quote here. Uh, We're now at the point where tech media has turned and will now have you believe that Google should be questioned is untrustworthy and that their promises mean nothing. Here's a video by Linus, another by MKBHD, and an article by The Verge, all laying out why the software update promise is nothing but a bunch of lying, meaningless horseshit. Again, I'm quoting Droid Life. But uh, Google does kill off services and products. And I'll agree with the author who is, according to this, uh, Kellen, who is one of the, the Droid Life people who... I think he's the primary one there. I'm bad with remembering people's names. But... Uh, so I'll agree that taking Google's word that they're going to promise something for seven years... Uh, is, again, we'll just say foolish. But on the other hand, there's a difference between uh, making a seven-year promise that they're going to support an item and not doing it and uh, killing off a product that nobody was paying attention to, that you just happened to be one of of the few people who actually cared about. But when Google initially promised three years of updates... And then they upped it to three OS updates and five years of security patches. But they've done that so far. So why is it that we're going to assume that Google will not live up to its promises when certainly it usually does? Not always. But but especially if you're paying for a pro device, doesn't that mean that you should get pro features and... If you feel like they didn't give you seven years, you can sue them later. But why does everybody go to the default? They're never going to go that long. They just said they were going to. I don't know, man. No, when Google releases a free product, let's say Google Reader, the, uh, there's, and they suddenly discontinue it, again, you weren't a customer. They sold you the phone. You were a customer they included this. If you bought something with the promise that you get seven years of updates and they didn't give you seven years of updates, again, that's when the class action lawsuit comes out. So this is definitely different than them discontinuing something you liked that you didn't pay for. And even if you paid for it, we're back to a product that you paid for on a subscription basis that they discontinued is different than a product that gave you a certain level of service that they suddenly stop supporting. Everything's different. And since we've been talking for a while since it's a lot this week, I'm going to skip to this one. Google open sourced a hat shaped like a giant keycap, and it actually types. Hmm. So apparently, uh, this was a Google Japan's joke. So, Google isn't actually making the product. What happens was apparently Google Japan uh, prototyped something that they uh, came up with as sort of a joke, but you can actually build one if you want. So, kind of funny. Inside the hat, there is a sensor that can read the hat's positioning. And if you turn the hat to the left and right, it, each angle represents a different character code. And then if you press the top of the hat, which has 20 millimeters of travel, you enter in the character, and it connects with the device via Bluetooth. It has a battery and charges over USB-C. But again, since the plans and and the software and everything are all available online, somebody could manufacture it. So if somebody manufactured the... uh, Essentially, the uh, Gboard Caps project. Would you buy one, Jerry?
1: Uh, Probably give it as a gift.
0: Yeah. So who would you give it as a gift to? My daughter. Would you ask her uh, to walk around uh, and use this so that uh, you knew how much she appreciated your keycap gift?
1: I would even take video of it.
0: Tell me if that ever happens. Okay. I recently gave somebody the gift of a, of a poster and I said all I really want uh, is I want you, when you hang up the poster on the wall, I want you to just take a picture with you enjoying the poster and send it to me so I can see that you enjoyed it. Unfortunately, I did not factor in one little thing. What's that? I didn't uh, check to see whether or not his wife would like it. He loved it. So I don't... don't, What was that?
1: Isn't that all that matters?
0: I got him a thoughtful thoughtful gift. He did something nice for me, and I wanted to think of something that he would enjoy. So I got him this poster of a fictional character that I know he likes, and I figured he could put it somewhere and enjoy it. But again, I did not factor in that I should have um, asked what his wife would think of him hanging up such a poster. Let me ask you as an independent person, how would you feel uh, if you were, if somebody gave your spouse the gift of a um, 18 by 24 poster of Scrooge McDuck?
1: That would be weird.
0: I didn't ask him why he seems to be a fan of Scrooge McDuck, but for some reason he seems to be a fan of Scrooge McDuck. So I got him a, Poster based on an original Carl barks illustration of Scrooge McDuck. So would you want a Scrooge McDuck poster in your house?
1: Um, not particularly.
0: I don't either, but again, tried to think of something thoughtful. This is why I have so much trouble with gifts. When I think of something thoughtful, I always miss something like make sure their wife also likes it. Anyway. Moving on. Uh, That brings us to the end of what's going on right now. So, um, I have a few projects to work on. One, I have to reprogram the lights. uh, (laughs) when, When the guy was... Fixing the electrical Uh, with the smart switches, if you press them too many times quickly, they do a factory reset. It's designed that if it it stops responding. Uh, Generally speaking, who presses the switch like six times in a row in a couple seconds? Except the guy who's holding it while trying to push it back into the wall. So not like I blamed him, but I have to go reload the program onto it. It's working now, but I have this uh, this is Tasmota-based, and Tasmota has a thing where uh, you can tell it to run a rule if the MQTT server isn't available. And since my server um, has occasionally been freezing up because of the Google Coral TP that I put in to try frigate, I need the, the common hallway lights to essentially run a timer-based program if it can't connect to MQTT, and I think I can do that with their rules. So I need to experiment with that, but we'll see. And a few other minor things um, that are piling up here. Um, What did I do today? I replaced a doorbell. I installed a motion sensor, and I have to install a new security camera. So, you know, all the little things that you have to do around the house as part of your home automation enhancement.
1: Dang!
0: why not yep good job that and uh the donation truck uh, comes around the neighborhood next week so i always try to find things to donate i forget which one it is this week uh, i have a list of when uh, each of the charities come around and take away stuff for you so you don't have to take it away yourself mm-hmm. so i think it's um i forget if next week is lupus or the vietnam veterans of america who are passing through the neighborhood and taking stuff. Either way, they're taking stuff, and hopefully they're giving it to somebody who actually would use it, which is the goal of me donating it rather than just throwing it in the trash. So I usually, when I hear that their truck is running through, try to get a bag or two of stuff that I want to get rid of so I can reclaim the space. So if I have energy, I'm going to crawl under the stairs and see what junk is under there. You know me, an exciting weekend activity. Oh yeah, you're all over it. I try. So until next week, when we will be back on Wednesday. Is it Wednesday?
1: It is Wednesday. Hopefully it's Wednesday.
0: Okay, that's Wednesday the 18th. Uh, There's a slight possibility I might ask you to change to Thursday. Um, There is something that I might have to do. As of now, it seems like I will be doing it on Tuesday, and therefore it would not be an issue. But if it can't be done on Tuesday, it might have to be pushed to Wednesday. And if it can't be done on Wednesday, it might have to be pushed to Thursday. So that's why I'm saying I will have to advise you later. For you listeners, just uh, stay tuned in your feeds. If we haven't alienated all of you with all the things we've been talking about lately.
1: Hmm. I don't think we've done that.
0: I hope not. I enjoy talking to you every week and I hope other people enjoy our conversations, but yeah. You know. Uh, maybe we need to put in more effort to get more people back listening. Like, uh, slightly above the, uh, the level we're doing now, which is very little to, uh, slightly more than very little. Could be. Uh, we'll see. Anybody has any thoughts on it? Um, I'm always happy to hear from people. We have the podcast at uh, either Android or technobuffet.com. Cause I still have both redirecting to each other. We have the contact us form on the page uh, where people were nice enough to mention that somehow Jerry's voice was missing from a couple of episodes and I immediately jumped on it and fixed it. Good job. But as of now, the last time I think somebody sent us a anything through the contact form would have been back in August. So we'd love to hear from you. Anything you want to say, even if it's just hi. And to some of those people who we used to hear from regularly, like Murph, who I know you're still out there, or Daryl, we miss you. We miss all the people who never read us also. But those two were just the first that came to mind. So until next week, Jerry.
1: Until next week. Bye, folks.
0: Goodbye.